We are on the Gemara in Yevamos and then Beis Amal Aleph 52A2 in the Art Scroll Gemara. The Gemara continues with the topic of Ma'amar and Gitin of the rabbinic forms of Yibom and Chalitza. And there's a new Brisa. The Brisa says, Tana Rabbanan, Ketan Ma'amar. We've been discussing Ma'amar for so long, but what exactly is Ma'amar? What, what do you do? So the Brisa explains, Nosen la Kesef, Ushava Kesef that a person, the Yavam, would have to give either money or the an item which is worth at least a pruta, a small amount of money. And that's what and that's what you need to do for Mamar. Mamar is essentially what you would have to do if, let's say, you're outside the context of Yibam, uh, the way to become halakhically engaged is either by giving money or a ring, the equivalent uh, in worth and value, um, or of having marital relations, which we explained in the last recording that, that uh, even though techni- even though fundamentally it's allowed from the Torah, but practically we do not do that. And then the last option is bishtar, is with a document, a marriage document. So the Brisa asks, so bishtar ketza, so what exactly do you write in the document? So the Gemara, the Gemara interjects and says, what do you mean? What do you write? Bishtar ketza ketza amran. We already dis- we've discussed elsewhere. What do you need to write in a star in a document that is in general a marriage document? You'd write the same thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to Yiba. Why? <coughs> what, do, what do you write? If you write down on a piece of paper or on an earthenware on a piece of earthenware, even though it doesn't have the value of a pruta, the paper itself is worth less than a pruta. Where, because it's worth less than a pruta, it was worth more than a pruta, a very small amount of money, so then, but just by giving the paper alone, that would be the equivalent to money. So the point is that even if the paper is worth less than a pruta, so you are not giving her uh, money, but uh, not, not a money of, not of significant value, uh, but you are giving her a marriage document, so then that would work. Um, and what do you write in it? So you say it. Behold, Hare Amikudashisli, behold, you are now engaged to me. Uh, so then that works. So then the same thing would apply here. So what exactly is the question? What do you mean? What do you do? What do you write in the star? We know exactly what you write in the document. The same thing that you would write in any other document uh, where uh, where the where the, the the couple is getting engaged. So the same thing you would write here. So it's interesting just to point out that not everybody really agrees to this. Uh, the Talmud Yushama, the Jerusalem Talmud, and the Rambam, they in fact uh, leave it, Maimonides, they in fact leave out uh, this idea of shtar, specifically in the context of Yibam. It's true, you could use it when you want to get engaged in general. But to write a shtar, to write a marriage document specifically in the context of Yibam, so that might not be allowed, according to some. And perhaps the reason is because uh, this is a general idea when it comes to documents uh, in halacha, is that the person that's writing the document has to be the bailim, has to be the one who's in control of the situation or is uh, leading this situation. So that could apply in a regular engagement. But over here, Bayibam is something that we've discussed in the past. Uh, they sort of fell into the situation. They didn't put them, they didn't actively put themselves into the situation. It wasn't by choice. It was it came from Hashem. Hashem says that in such a scenario, there's a mitzvah to do Yibam. And so therefore, perhaps uh, the brother-in-law is not really somebody who's in control of the situation for him to have the ability to write down a halachic document, a halachic uh, shtar. So that's, what, uh, that's how some want to explain. 
But anyways, our Gemara is definitely assuming that you could you could use a star that you could use either by giving money or by a star by a document, a marriage document that would work with regards to mamar. So in the end of the day, what does it mean that how do you write a star? What is it referring to? What the, what type of star? What type of document are you referring to? star We're asking specifically not about the regular the the document that's used when they get engaged. We're asking about the ksuba. The ksuba. What is the text for the ksuba itself? The ksuba is the document that that's written in every marriage uh, where it shows what the obligations are. It expresses what the obligations are between from from the husband to the wife that he has certain obligations to support her and other obligations. So what do you write in this document between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law? Because it's, it's a little different. So this is what you write. Kosev law. He has to write as follows. Ana ploni bar ploni. I am so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. Kavlinis as plonis yevimti alai. Um, and I have accepted upon myself my yevama, my sister-in-law. Lozun lefarnas akaroi. That I will feed her and support her as it is fit. Ubavad sheteik subasa nechse bayla harishon. However, the point here is that uh, the ksuba, the obligation of the ksuba, comes from the estate of her first husband. This is a rule that we've seen in the past, that it really he, the brother-in-law who does yibam, he, uh, he gets the estate of the first husband, and the amount that she receives to be supported, that comes from the original husband's estate. And the Gemara continues, However, if there is nothing left from the first husband, it's not like there is no ksuba whatsoever. It's not like there is no obligation whatsoever. If there is nothing from the first husband, so then uh, the brother-in-law does have to take it upon himself to support uh, the one who ends up doing yibam, to support uh, his yivama, his sister-in-law. And the reason for this, the whole reason for this, is so that it shouldn't be so easy uh, to get divorced. The point is that you take upon yourself certain responsibilities that even if you get divorced, you're still going to support uh, your wife or your ex-wife um, and it's there to really protect the marriage, to make sure that they have a certain loyalty within the marriage, to make sure that uh, they are committed to to the marriage. And so therefore, even if the original husband who passed away no longer has, uh, has anything, so then the second husband, the brother, right, really the brother-in-law, he has to then support his new wife, the sister-in-law, uh, with through his own through his own estate. So the Gemara now has a new question, a totally new question. Abaye asks Rabba the following question: Nasan la get, a person gives a get, the yavam, the brother-in-law to the sister-in-law before they do anything. He gives a get. Mahu. This is the scenario. We know that a get works on a rabbinic level because it has an impact on a rabbinic level. Uh, but over here, what do you end up saying? You say that I am divorcing you, but not only that, not only am I divorcing you, but you still, after you get divorced, you are forbidden to marry anybody else. I'm divorcing you basically and saying you cannot marry anybody else after we get divorced. Now that does not have halachic significance uh, with regards to the divorce. They are not viewed as divorced. That's not allowed. When a, when a person gets divorced, they have to allow uh, his, his wife to marry somebody else. So it's not a it's not a good get it's not a good divorce document, uh, but we'll see that it does have an impact with regards to other areas of halacha. The Gemara says get who the whole get between the whole divorce document between a yavam and a yavama between the brother-in-law and sister-in-law is on a rabbinic level. Get the mahani beches ish mahani 
The whole reason why we said that there's a concept of a get by a, between a Yav and Yavama is that people are going to get confused. And people will think, oh, if, if he's giving a get uh, first, and then we see that they end up doing Yibam, so then maybe even if they did a Chalitza, if they did actual Chalitza, maybe you could do Yibam after Chalitza. It's about people getting confused. So if it's about people getting confused, so it happens to be true that this get doesn't work. This is a, it, it's a puzzle. It's an invalid get. It's an invalid divorce document, and it's an invalid divorce. It doesn't work. But still, if the whole point is that we're concerned for perception, from the perspective of perception, that people think, ah, oh, look, they could do yibum after giving a get, so then maybe they could also do yibum after doing chalitza. So maybe if the, even if the get does not work, so maybe in that case we should also say uh, that the get at least works on a, on a rabbinic level here to make sure that they don't end up doing yibum. So that's the question. Or do we say that, no, since the get really doesn't work, in the end of the day it's an invalid get, it doesn't really work, so maybe it doesn't work even in this case. It wouldn't work in this case to say that we should have some sort of concern. Maybe they could do yibum. After giving this get, you could still do go ahead and do yibum because this was a totally invalid get. So Rabbi responds, You know, we are concerned. We're concerned for perception. People are not going to realize what exactly is going on. Uh, they won't realize that it's an invalid get. And so therefore, uh, there is a concern that people will think, oh, if you could do Yibam after a get, even though it's an invalid get, but people don't realize that, so then people will think that you could do Yibam after a chalitza, which is certainly forbidden. So the Gemara then asks, wait a minute, Maskif lo Rabba Barchanan. Rabba Barchanan asks as follows, if this is really true, if this is really true, according to this, if you, if you give a blank piece of paper and you say, or even if you write, uh, you don't write what's necessary to be written in a divorce document, but you just write, I'm divorcing you. You have to write a lot more than that. But if that's all you write, just a blank, basically a blank piece of paper, you're going to tell me also over here too, you're going to tell me that, uh, you know, it, it has halakhic significance on a rabbinic level here because we're all concerned about getting confused. But, and, and they give just basically a blank document that's also going to get people to be confused and say you can't do even as a result of that. Is that what we're going to say? So Abaye clarifies and he says, I'm really, no, there's a big difference. There's a concept called Reach Aget. Reach Aget is a concept, it's a discussion whether this is a biblical idea or a rabbinic idea. It seems from Argamar that it is a biblical concept. Reach Aget is, Reach means a smell. It smells like a get. There are certain scenarios where it smells like a get. To the extent that we'll say that even though it's really not a get, they're really not divorced, but because it smells like a get, we will say that uh, she, the, the wife, is it's forbidden for her to marry a Kohen. A Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee, even though they're not really divorced yet, but because it has that smell, it has that scent of a get, so therefore we will say that she's not allowed to marry a, a Kohen. Um, now, what what constitutes having this, uh, this, this smell of a get? So the example that's given is from the Pasuk itself. It says, uh, That if uh, you're not, uh, a Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee, even if it's, the Gemara says, even if they're divorced only from the husband, only from the husband, meaning this scenario that we're discussing, where a person says, I'm divorcing you, but you cannot marry anybody else. And you're not divorced vis-a-vis the, the, the rest of the world, which is an invalid, again, it's an invalid get. It does not work. However, it has that smell of a get. It has that smell of a get, and since it has that smell of a get, they're not allowed to marry a Kohen. So Bai is saying, in that scenario, we're going to be concerned for the perception that people are going to think that if you do even after this type of a get, which is a rat, a get, it smells like a get, 
it has that aspect of a get to it, so then people will get confused and think that you could do Yibam after Chalitza. But if it's just a blank paper, a blank paper is meaningless, and we do not have that concern. We do, we do not have such a concern. That is uh, the Gemara with regards to that question. The Gemara now has another question, but for this it requires a little bit of a background. Uh, the Gemara itself provides some of the background. Very interesting case here. The Gemara says as follows. Amar Rami Barachama. Rami Barachama says as follows. Hare Amru. We've said. Amar Ech Lelavlar. Kosov Get Larusasi Lechsheach Nasena Agarshena. Hare Zeget Mibnei Shabiyadu Lagarshen. And we'll also move on to Nenbeis and Beis and discuss the next case before we we'll see the question. Lisha Ba'alma In Get Mibnei Shabiyadu Lagarshen. The halacha is as follows. The halacha is that if a person appoints a sofer, somebody to write the get. However, there's two scenarios. One scenario is where they're not even engaged yet. Just He says that, listen, I plan on, <laughs> very strange, but I plan on, on getting engaged to this person. Before we even get engaged, I want you to already write the divorce document. Please write the divorce document beforehand. So that divorce document does not have a lot of significance because the Gemara uses the term Ein Biyadulagarsha. It's not in his hands to divorce her. You could only appoint somebody, perhaps. You could only appoint somebody to... Uh, to write the get for you, to write the divorce document for you, if you are able to, to get divorced. But they don't even have any relationship, any halachic relationship, to then go ahead and get divorced. So they're not allowed, uh, that it wouldn't be viewed as a valid divorce uh, document. However, if they are halachically engaged, let's say they are already halachically engaged, and then you tell the scribe, <coughs> excuse me, you tell the scribe to write a get uh, now so that after I marry her, after we complete the marriage, then when I want to get divorced, I want to use this divorce document that you're writing right now. You know, the marriage is already starting off on a, on the wrong foot. Uh, but that, that's what he tells the scribe. So then that does work. Why does that work? Because once you're halakhically engaged, so then it, you there is a concept of getting divorced. You would have to get divorced. That, that is something which is uh, applicable. Uh, and since it's something which is applicable, it would work to then notify uh, the sofer, to notify the scribe. And the scribe writes it down on based on your tzivoy, based on your command, that would be a, a divorce document which would be, uh, which would be valid. Um, Tosos explains that the reason why you're not allowed to appoint the scribe to write the get, uh, to write uh, the divorce document, is based on a principle of in other machna davar olam. This principle itself is not a simple principle and it's disputed, but essentially the idea of in other machna davar olam is that a person does not have the right uh, to sell or to acquire something which does not exist yet in the world. And since they're not even, they don't even have a halakhic relationship of engagement or marriage. They're just, he says to, to, to a scribe, please write a divorce document for me to this random woman that I don't even have a halakhic relationship with. So that just in case we do get married, I then have my divorce document readily available. So that is being maknadavish lobalom. That's something which doesn't exist yet in the world. It doesn't exist in the world, because they don't even have a, a halachic relationship uh, for you to then use the get. And so that's the position of, of Tosos. This idea of uh, not having the ability to uh, acquire things that do not exist in the world, there's a big discussion. Why is this true? Why, why doesn't it work? Why can't I sell you something which doesn't exist in the world? This is a broader issue. Anything which doesn't exist in the world, you don't have the right to sell. Any document, which any any item which doesn't exist in the world yet, you don't have the right to sell. Is that because it's just part of the laws of kinyanim of transactions? Is it, is it because 
Um, we don't think you have sufficient das. You're not serious intention. You don't have that really in mind until that, that item really exists in the world. That it's This whole topic is much broader than the laws of Gitan, of divorce. It really applies to all transactions. And it's a big, big discussion what the reason is behind this. Is it because you don't have serious intentions if it doesn't exist? Is it a problem just inherently within the laws of transactions? Um, so that itself is a, is a big discussion. Uh, the Rambam, Maimonides, says that he gives a slightly different reason, and he explains that the reason why, uh, with regards to the get, you cannot appoint a scribe to uh, write the divorce document for you before you are even engaged, uh, the reason is, is because since you don't even have this relationship, uh, so it's not really for the purposes, it's, he calls it Shalol Hashem Gerishin, it's not for the purposes of a divorce, you're not in the Parsha, you're not in that relationship for then for this to be viewed as a valid divorce document, and it's explained. Some of the commentators, the later commentators explain that when it comes to most documents, writing the document itself has no significance. It's necessary to write the document. You need the document, but the actual act of writing the document, what's important is when you give over the document, when you sign the document, you give over the document, that's what's important. However, when it comes to a get, when it comes to a divorce document, uh, we have various proofs that seem to say uh, that the writing itself is really a part of the divorce process. Writing the get itself is part of the divorce process, and that's exactly what's occurring here. Here, too, uh, the writing of the get is part of the divorce process, and since you're writing the get, you're writing the divorce document before you are even engaged, that doesn't that that, that is uh, that means nothing. It, what, what does it mean to begin the process of divorce if you're not even engaged or married? Uh, so uh, as a result of that, it doesn't doesn't work. But it's an interesting idea that it's something which is unique to divorce document is that the writing itself is part of the process. But the point of the Gemara is to come to the following question. By Rami Barachama, Rami Barachama asks, what about a Yavam and a Yavama between a brother-in-law and sister-in-law who have this connection? They have not done Mimer. They did not do Mimer yet. They, they just, uh, they have this Zika. They have this bond. They have some sort of bond. Is this bond equivalent to being engaged? It's an interesting question. Is it equivalent to being engaged or is it equivalent and, and, and as such that you would be able to write a divorce document before you even do Yibum? Or, or do we say that no, it's like uh, a person just asking to write a divorce document for some random, another random uh, woman on the street. Uh, do, so, wh- who, At least from a halakhic perspective, she's random. Uh, so, And that wouldn't work. Uh, so what do we say in this case where it's between a brother-in-law and sister-in-law where they have this zika, they have this bond, they're not, they didn't have to do maimer, they're not halakhically engaged, uh, but they have some sort of connection. Does he have the ability to write a get, uh, a divorce document at this stage uh, or not to be used uh, to be used for later? Uh, so the Gemara answers, teku. The Gemara says uh, that this is a teku. This is they don't answer this question. This is an open question. Teku means that it's left unanswered. We do not have an answer. Uh, it's not. This question is not resolved. Okay. So that is the Gemara up until the top, and then Beis and Beis fifty two B, and we'll continue continue uh, with the Gemara in the next recording.